0: Real Bad is part of the Cage Club podcast network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. But this episode wanted to hurt me. Don't know where I'm going with that. Actually, now that's fine. So I, think that's a good place. I was <laughs> trying to riff and then realized I'm not an improv comic. So I just like mid riff, I was like, I also I don't know what like I'm doing. We here.
1: hadn't been introduced yet, so I don't know if we were like allowed to riff with you, and we're just like supposed to sit here for ten minutes and let Nick go.
0: <laughs> well, that's what happens when you let me go. Yeah, nothing. I, think I just, <laughs> just like I just fell off the improv cliff. <laughs> yeah, immediately. It's all right. I think you can cut it right after you said. It oh, no, me. I'm definitely putting this in. Oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> Once again, sorry, listener. <laughs> uh, today, uh, we are joined by two newbies. Um, and I should probably introduce the regulars first, just so we're all on the same page. I'm Nick Jenkins. I'm your host. I'm a producer and do stuff with Complexly. And then sitting to my right is my bitter rival, Hello. Matthew Gados. And uh, our two newbies. First, we have Bill Mead, who works on... SciShow and SciShow Kids, excellent. And we have Tuna, also known as Joe Medish, but we all call him Tuna. And uh, you also work on. I work on SciShow and SciShow Psych. Excellent. Uh, first timers for you guys. I've known both of you for a long time, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I think I've known Tuna. Phew, coming up on ten years, maybe. Yeah, wow. we're getting there. Been a yeah. while. You and Sarah Miesmer I've known. Yeah. For a long time. Uh, and then, I've known you guys for like
1: a year you're, you're pretty <laughs> yeah. cool it's yeah. yeah
0: it's round in out. general <laughs> and then uh, Bill I've known for at least Four or five years. The one
2: of four or five, you actually... Yeah, you taught an editing class to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, back back in the college days. Wow. Yeah. So thank you two for joining us on this podcast. Today we are going to be talking about a film called Last Action Hero, uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger film from 1993. But before we get too far down the road into the, the bits and bobs of this movie, uh, we need to do a 60-second plot dump, and uh, I always want to choose a newbie for this. So... This week, that's going to be Bill. All
2: right. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to
0: try and look at my notes. Uh,
2: It's a little bit of a jumbled mess, but. Well, that's. (laughs) Is that that your plot summary? (laughs) Uh,
0: And done. How much time do I have left?
1: (laughs) 55 seconds. Good job. Good (laughs) job. Well done. Uh,
0: It's just a terrible mess. All right. Um, Okay. So last action hero. Plot synopsis in, and you'll get to see the timer. In three, two, one. So Last Action Hero is the story of Danny Madigan, a movie nerd who likes to skip
2: school to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. It's a particular series called Jack Slater. After a brutal home invasion, uh, Danny goes to a midnight showing of Jack Slater 4 where the theater projectionist slash baby guy who runs the theater gives him a magic ticket from Harry Houdini. Uh, during the movie, the ticket starts to sparkle and come alive with magic, and Danny finds himself in the movie, Uh, And throughout the rest of the movie, it's just trying to explain to Jack Slater, a.k.a. Arnold, that they're in a movie, which doesn't really work. uh, Charles Dance plays the villain of a crazy eye who I keep forgetting the name of. And he discovers that he can exit the movie and go in and out of the real world, uh, running it out quick. There's a quick rooftop battle scene and they decide that they're father and son, which they never brought up in the rest of the movie. And that's how the movie ends. (laughs) Ta da! <laughs>
0: <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a pretty good overview. Like, I, 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 And we usually yeah. fill in the gaps. Yeah, well, there's, well, some, there's some, some word vomit. There's so. some gaps to fill in, but there's I, a lot of gaps to fill in in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So before we talk about the why this movie has problems, <laughs> I want to just talk about our experiences with the movie. Um, so when I was a kid, I was, I was, I was kind of Daddy Madigan because I loved Schwarzenegger movies. Mm -hmm. My dad had a video store, and so I always loved to watch Schwarzenegger movies. Um, I didn't really think of him as a hero as much as a big, hulking action man, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is... I I do think are
1: different things. And an alternate title for this movie. Big, hulking action (laughs) man.
0: Um, And uh, so when this came out in 93, I was a teenager, and... I remember even at the time thinking that Arnold Schwarzenegger had kind of gone past his, his time as this, you know, big box office uh, machine Mm -hmm. and no pun intended.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So, uh, but I watched it and as a teenager, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Like even as a teenager, I recognized there were problems with it, but it didn't really bother me too much. Uh, I just I I I just enjoyed the goofiness of it and I enjoyed some of the action sequences and I enjoyed it kind of like how Tobin talked about the prequel trilogy in that each scene only needed to exist as a scene. It didn't need to exist for the larger film. And I felt like I could do that with Last Action Hero, where I could just, I can enjoy this scene. And I don't have to think about it in terms of the rest of the film. I just like this scene where he is, where he's standing on top of a roof and goes, look, elephant! Like, I could enjoy that as a kid. And then on this rewatch, that didn't happen. And this rewatch, I texted Matt very early on going, I'm I'm not enjoying this at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I struggled to get through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was very... I was very angry by the end of it. Just like, <laughs> what happened? So, uh, so I, I had a lot of emotions. But it was weird to think about it in terms of me as a kid who really enjoyed it, and me as an adult who was like, no, this is this has problems. At least, mm-hmm. a, at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. Tuna, I'm interested to f- ask you, like, you had heard of it?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, so like, I was vaguely aware of its existence, but it was. I think I've mentioned this to you before. Anytime it came on like TV or something, I'd click over thinking it was the last Starfighter. And then as soon as I realized that was not the case, I was very disappointed. And I would <laughs> click away immediately. So you,
2: you had the whatever cable package where you saw it last. Yeah. <laughs> like the last, yeah, dot, dot, yeah.
3: <laughs> And it just, so that was like the extent of my experience. And there's actually a couple of scenes that came up where I'm like, Oh, yeah. Now I know, like, I have a context around, like, this 30 seconds I saw stuff that on TBS once. Know, right, uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, the Superstation. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. But other than that, like, I went into it totally blind. I tried not to read anything about it either. And
0: what was that experience like? I mean, when, when you watched it this time?
3: Uh, well, I got about halfway through it, and I was like, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then I realized there was a whole second half <laughs> of it. And I was like, what the
1: it is going is. on. It's over which, two hours long. Yeah, which seen, I did not realize. Like, well, we'll get into my history with it pretty soon. But like, I did not realize it was that long mm-hmm. until I watched it this time.
2: It's man. I felt it this time. Yeah, I, I felt it. I especially felt it. I, I watched it last night, and be right exactly in the middle. Uh, I have a one year old. My wife and I have a one year old. No, he just will, you. Just just me. <laughs> it's just me out there, guys. Uh, Love you, honey. Uh, <laughs> he he woke, he wakes up sometimes at night. He woke up in the middle of this, uh, and you know, so it takes a while to get him back to bed. And right. then I came back to finish the movie and
0: I went, oh, geez.
2: <laughs> there was a lot left.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: I had that. Yeah, I definitely had that moment where because mm-hmm. I had watched it a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I remembered how much was left. And I remember thinking, sitting there on my couch, looking at my dog going, holy crap, there's a lot of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm running a marathon. So, But Bill, did you have experience with it when you were
2: a kid? I definitely did. I don't remember exactly watching Last Action Hero as a kid. I was a big Arnold fan. Arnold movies were always on in my house growing up. Yeah. Uh, It definitely came back when I went to college. I, I had a lot of friends who liked that movie, maybe ironically. Some what's genuine like, though, so... But I I came in here like a big fan of
0: Arnold movies and I still am. So I still am as well. Um, (laughs) I I think that's an important thing that we'll get into later is that I'm kind of still a fan of everyone who worked on this movie. Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But. Yeah, no, that didn't necessarily work uh, Matt, what's your experience? Because you
1: suggested this movie Yeah, uh, and oh, I am you're the one, the one to blame I'm the one who owned this on Blu-ray that you all borrowed and watched Which uh, I want
0: to say is the most bare bones
2: Blu-ray I, I, I have ever seen When you can name the Photoshop effect on a Blu-ray cover <laughs> which is <pasteurized, laughs> Yep, it's That's that's how much effort was put into that Yeah,
1: they, you put it in it's like you want to watch the movie or not It's pretty much your options on the DVD menu (laughs) you
0: want to watch this movie or watch previews for other movies yeah those are your only two and like on a dvd i'm kind of used to that but i was not used to that on a blu-ray i was like whoa
1: yeah they clearly not a lot of money went into the re-release of this uh movie Uh, plus
3: i mean having watched it now i'm like well those are equally valid choices when you hit that menu yes (laughs) yeah i mean you're gonna get your same money's worth
1: i yes Loved this movie as a kid. Mm. I was, ooh, how old was I? I guess five, almost six when this came out. Uh, And that was like a killer summer, and we'll get into it because, yeah, Jurassic Park came out the week before (laughs) Last (laughs) Action Hero, and I was such a big fan of both that I had all of the toys from both. So I had my Battle Damage T-Rex, but I also had my, like, Bad guy, roadster. Benedict. Yeah, Thank Benedict's uh, roadster, which doesn't exist in the movie, but they made a sweet <laughs> toy of it that has like a bunch of spy gadgets and it shoots missiles out. And I had my Jack Slater action figure that I would put in the cool car because I liked that car better. <laughs> and it's like, this was a movie I, like the age I was, I was never a huge Arnold fan mm-hmm. because I was too young to really get into like Terminator. When it was around the, at first, and like I watched T like T two later in life, right, and liked it, but I wasn't like into Arnold while Arnold was really popular, yeah. And so this was my main like Arnold movie, and I love this movie. I love Jingle All the Way. I love his worst movies, Ooh, like
2: that's, that's that's an interesting turnaround.
1: Yeah, like yeah. I I will I would rather watch his funny movies than his serious movies because I think. Uh, He can be funny, and I think in Last Action Hero, there are moments where he is genuinely funny. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, and I think there are, for me... Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: is not the problem with this
1: film. No, not at all. Far from it. And I, for me, this movie is one where I have owned it in various formats. I have watched it throughout the years. It is a fun time for me. This was the first time I will say that I've watched it with such a critical eye, because Mm -hmm. like I had a notebook out, I was taking notes to like talk about it on this podcast, and I definitely started to notice more of the faults with it than I normally have ever thought about. Mm -hmm. Like watching this movie, uh, one its length, and then some just like story structure things that I easily ignored as a child and have ignored throughout my life of just like that's that's the way it happens, and now thinking about it, I'm like, oh, no, that makes no sense. Why would they ever do that? (laughs) Um, There were a
0: couple moments that I had that, uh, because I hadn't watched it since I was
1: probably in high school,
0: maybe even, Nah, I probably watched it in uh, early college or something, where I did have that moment of like, wait, yeah, what? There
1: (laughs) are some things that are very clearly either they edited out other scenes Mm -hmm. or they needed more script time or something because there's just parts that are, so shoehorned in just to make something else make sense later, or are added in to solve a problem, but in the most like Deus Ex Machina way of just like, and now this can happen. You're know, like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I will say that like I've always loved this movie. I still love this movie. It's it's I think it's in a similar category to uh Super Mario Brothers for me, mm-hmm. where it's like largely no. nostalgia based. Um because I can remember playing with the toys, I can remember watching it as a kid, Like all the jokes are still fresh in my brain. And I would say I don't enjoy this movie as much as Super Mario Brothers, but I do still enjoy it a lot. Wow, if I had to choose between the two, I'd watch this. I get that. Oh, really? yeah. like, Oh,
3: man. This... I guess maybe I haven't watched Super Mario Brothers recently enough. I but... I, I
1: was the lone <laughs> hater on Super Mario Brothers. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, that, that I moved... think there is something to be said, though, for the time span between watching. Like I think because Super Mario Brothers and Last Action Hero are both movies that I have consistently watched throughout my life, mm. I have, like kept that nice nostalgia glow over it i think if you watch last action hero when you're five and then again when you're 25 or 30 you're like yeah. who why did i like this
2: watch <laughs> it made me realize again i i said earlier that i've you know grown up watching arnold movies but those movies I never sat down from beginning to end. I, I watched, you know, Commando a lot of times. I watched <laughs> Kindergarten Cop a
1: lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? That's what yeah. I'm talking about, guys. But but I that's an Over 2. Eight-year-old
2: <laughs> me never said, Let's sit down and watch this from beginning to end. I think it was definitely uh, this movie's on. I'm gonna go play outside. This movie's on, I'm gonna go play Nintendo in another. I didn't but you know, just for yeah. an example, I never obviously this came out when I was in third grade, I never sat down with a VHS and went I'm going to criticize this movie for being <laughs> an end. You know, It was just, you know, you were able to escape it as a kid. And for this, I was trapped for two hours.
1: Plus. Two
2: hours plus. because Broken yeah. up
1: by a, a crying baby, which yeah. definitely <laughs> helps the the movie the momentum. experience of a bad movie. <laughs> well, so
0: we've talked around sort of like this is a quote unquote bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it belongs on this podcast. But I'd like to mm-hmm. ask sort of uh, before I get to my points about it, I'm curious do you guys think it's a bad movie? Like in the, in the larger context of thinking about bad Hollywood movies, because no, this mm-hmm. isn't on the level of plan nine from outer space. This no, isn't on right? the level of manos in terms of incompetence, but uh, do you consider it to be like a movie that when you were watching it, we were like, yeah, this is bad. Uh, for me, I,
2: I, I watched some movies a little oddly in that I'm an optimist and trying to see what they are trying to do. Mm hmm. I definitely appreciate what this movie was trying to do. I like sort of a meta self-aware, you know, what is the zeitgeist and analyze it and crush it kind of movie. This movie failed at a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was filmed poorly. I thought the action was well done. I, I don't think it's a horrible movie in the sense of Am I trying to say, it's not a horrible movie to me. It was fun. I got laughs out of it last night. You know, it's, just it missed on a few ways.
1: I think it tries like a lot of things you're saying of like the meta and tearing things down and Mm -hmm. like it tries really hard to get a lot of that stuff. And when it hits, it hits really well. And when it misses, it also misses really hard. I
2: really felt like this movie was kept on a leash and that when, when I say that it was trying to be more self-aware, I think it could have been, I think it could have gone
0: for a greater extreme. Well, and I think it originally was trying to. Yes. Well, yeah, and
1: we've all, I mean, there's an article that we all shared yeah. and read. Entertainment uh, Weekly? I think Empire. Empire. Empire, okay. Yeah. Uh, that was like called like The Life and Death of Last mm-hmm. Action Heroes, yes. something like that. Mm-hmm. And it it's t- a great it's article. A it's a good article, article. Yeah. and I think it's a good like companion piece to this episode of the yes. podcast. Uh, but it talked a bit about that, about how... This was a movie that was written by a guy as, like, a teardown of these Mm -hmm. Lethal Weapon, the Diehards, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it ended up being rewritten by the guy who wrote Lethal Weapon and directed by the guy who directed Die Hard. And it was kind of like that, oh, I expected somebody else to make this from the outside and kind of tear those things down. But instead, the guys who make the things got to make fun of themselves, and that only works... So well
0: Right and like the It was Zach Penn's The screenwriter He wrote it with a partner Whose name I can't remember right now But uh, Zach Penn Went on to have A a career as a screenwriter But this was his first I think his first sale His first sale He was 23 Mm -hmm. He was was 23 Out of college and so you, there, he also talks about just sort of being amazed by the process, just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, John McTiernan is directing this. Yeah. Holy cow. We yeah. got Arnold Schwartz. Are you kidding me? Yeah, You know, yeah. like, and <laughs> right. so because
1: it was written with him in mind. The character's name was Arno Slater. Yep. yep. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Which, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's a it's a very bizarre behind the scenes process, which we'll talk about more and more as we yes. go on mm-hmm. through here. For me. I I kept sort of being sad about my own, like, I kept being angry at young version of me. Oh, yeah. Because I'm kind of like, why did you like this? How (laughs) dare you, sir? Don't we have better taste? The answer is we don't. Because I like the long kiss goodnight. And it's (laughs) also not good. see
1: your reaction like that for Highlander. I have a hard time understanding your reaction to that, like, for this, because I think this is, like, cheesy fun enough that it's not harmful. I think because I like the idea so much of this that I kept getting
0: angry about how it kept getting pulled in different directions. So one of my first notes that I wrote in here is uh, there are a multitude of really good ideas here, but because they are squished together, none of them gets to breathe. And I got – it just kept frustrating me, like – there's a moment here, so uh, spoilers for this movie, because there, <laughs> there are actually things to spoil in this movie. I don't you? know
1: that we've ever given a spoiler alert on this podcast. Go, just go chew- home
0: and watch the movie. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah. I just got chewed out on a Crash Course comment for spoiling Pan's Labyrinth, and I'm like, oh, come on. but That's, okay. Yeah, so, but there, it came there, out there, like 12 years ago. Yeah, I know, I know. And this is even longer, but yeah. uh, we find out that at the end of the third Jack Slater movie, the, his son is killed.
1: This is the opening scene of the opening scene, but they they
0: go out of focus. The the projector goes out of focus and you don't find out. You don't get the the climax. Yeah. You don't find that out until much later, which, okay, that's one thing that I think is interesting. But then they have this moment where uh, Schwarzenegger says, you know, uh, after he's been brought into the real world, Jack Slater says you get to, you know, yeah, you find out that you're fake. And then these writers killed your son and you have to live with nightmares. And I'm thinking, that's a fascinating right. story. That yeah. moment got so dark and real, yes. and I loved
3: it. And then they just cut it off. And it, it goes off. nowhere. And that's it, how I felt about literally everything yes, in the movie. It's so like so many glimpses of like good ideas, and then <sighs> the phrase that I wrote down, I'll read it to you verbatim, <laughs> it's underlined <laughs> after I finished the movie, aggressively mediocre. Mm. Which I think no makes us angry. Think. Yeah.
0: Because there was a lot here, and I think it goes back to something, like, I still like, I still like all the people involved in this film Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it shows like the ideas are not bad. No, but there are too many of them. (laughs) And, And, um, and then another story thread, like the cartoon parody of cop movies. Like, that is, in itself, that is, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that could be its own movie.
1: Oh, you're not, sorry. I thought you were talking about the, the little cartoon cat cop. <laughs> well, he's a part of that. Yeah. You know?
0: yeah. But, like, that parody. And then, on top of that, the idea of Hollywood cops and Hollywood um, movies about cops versus the real world. Like, I loved that juxtaposition mm-hmm. of, like, when... But then there's this moment again, Tuna, where mm. the kid is chewing mouth he's like, no, we have to actually do police work. You're here. They're not just going to leave yes. clues. Right. And he's frustrated. And Jack Slater's frustrated. He's like, well, usually they just leave clues and then I go find them. <laughs> and, and then how they resolve that is he's right over there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would love to see Jack Slater having to be a cop.
1: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That yeah. would have been great. Because another moment is when Benedict comes into the real world. There's a weird moment that I'm – I still don't understand what it does or what his character is thinking or rationalizing in that moment. And I think I blocked out the scene as a kid. But when he comes to the real world and he realizes he can just murder people yep. and nothing happens, <laughs> <That's> which <what's... laughs> I don't really know what the alternative to that is. I guess in the movie world, when he goes to shoot someone, Jack Slater shows up and stops him. Yeah, that's yeah, and, how I took and it. And th- that's what I think they're doing, but it's not very clear – and he just walks up to like a gas station attendant and shoots him for no reason mm-hmm. and then just like yells i've murdered a man and waits for someone to do <laughs> I something did it on purpose. and no <laughs> one does and i'm like That's... okay Are, like, well there, i feel like okay you're you're that you're, just feels like a similar moment there's... to me to like realizing what's happening in the real world but it not really being set up in the right way and not telling yeah. you enough about what that character is yes. thinking yes. and why they're doing what they're doing it
3: felt more like an LA versus New York joke than like, and I know that's not what it was going for, but it was like, that's, that seems closer to what it ended up being gotcha. than I see that. movie versus real life. Cause this is awesome. That was the, you know, there's a lot of, in the nineties, there was a
2: lot of, Oh, gangs will get you and, and well, especially in the
0: 80s, in the late 80s, it, early 90s. 80s, 90s,
2: that. and that was definitely like, you can kill a guy in New York. And as a kid, i like, I believe you. You're the news. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Well, you're talking about my favorite part of the movie, actually. Which is was, which is where he has that moment. First of all, Charles Dance is goddamn great. He
1: was great. Yeah.
2: And I, I guess a kind of last minute addition. <laughs> there yeah. are things heart. about him yeah.
1: being the replacement for both Timothy Dalton was originally part of it, possibly an idea, and also Alan Rickman. We're both floated as potentials. all good ideas. Oh, all well, good ideas. Right. Yeah. I think Alan Rickon's a little on the nose. <laughs> You're going to go <laughs> a for bit. <laughs> like diehard director, bad guy. Got it. Um, they even reference Diehard in it. but Yeah. But oh, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think as a bad guy, he is perfect. Oh, he's so good and he's so charming. He and, he has, but the, mm-hmm. I, I and he has I a love... glass eye that changes. The, he, he swaps it out because he has a whole collection of but glass even eyes. He
0: is a weird amalgam <laughs> of mm-hmm. things that I'm like, who are you? Because one, he's British. Two, he's a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Three, he has, it's supposed to be a glass eye, but then when they, sh- he takes it out at one point and he has an eye. So is it a glass lens? Oh, did he?
1: Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. I
3: rewound the movie to look at that part because I was like, he just took it out. And then put it in the case and they're clearly like full sized. I thought maybe I was like, oh, I misunderstood. And it's just like a contact lens, but no, they're full glass
0: eyes. Well, and the thing he flips into the air is a lens. It's not a glass. And so, but anyway, and then he's got the neck tattoo, which looks great. It's a great design, Mm -hmm. especially in the nineties when tribal tattoos were, you know, (laughs) still kind of new. Um, and then, well, new for popular, for, <laughs> yes, for mass consumption. Yes. Um, let me make that very clear. Yeah.
1: New for white dudes who want yes. to look badass. Yes, <laughs> that is what I meant to say.
0: Yeah. Um, and and he's sort of this weird sadist. So you've got all of this stuff put in together, but he has some of the best lines in the film. I remember being a kid and... Laughing, and I still laughed at this line when he said it. There were a couple times I actually laughed in te- at intentional funny moments, <laughs> but I love when he looks at Danny Madigan at one point and he says, "I should let you know that I have killed people smarter and younger than you." Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that line. It's it's funny, right. but also chilling. Like, whoa, yeah. yeah. But I loved that moment where he is trying to genuinely figure out where he is, and he goes up and he says, "I wonder if you could help me with a problem," and then he just shoots the guy. Yeah. And he's, like, testing it. So, like, for me, as a character study, I love that moment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love him having that idea. Now, And then it kind of gets lost in this idea of, like, I'm going to bring Freddy Krueger into this world. I'm going to bring... Yeah! yeah. Hannibal Lecter and Adolf Hitler. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great cinematic villain, Adolf Hitler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I in reading some about this movie is, like, he hints at doing that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. And apparently at one point that was actually part of the script Yes, yes. was him bringing in these movie villains to help fight Jack Slater and I guess just the world. Um, But that in this version of the movie is just left as like a threat of like a thing he could do. He's
2: researching movies and circling names. Yeah. Yeah. Crossing out. But
1: instead of that, the only person he does decide to bring back is the Ripper who is the one that we see in the rooftop scene who kills Jack Jack Slater's son. Yes. And so it's like it's a good like story moment of like I brought back the person you fear and hate the most kind mm. of thing. But it also is like, OK, you say like you could bring back King Kong or whatever. and It's like <laughs> go go for that one. That one seems like a better <laughs> choice than a yeah. dude with an axe.
4: <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. He made this big list and went, no, oh, this is good. Yeah.
0: But what do I have the rights to
2: <laughs> yeah. is what
1: happened. It's really funny watching this movie knowing now that the writer is also the writer of Ready Player One. Oh, knowing yeah. it's the same screenwriter <sighs> and seeing, like, if he had the chance, he would have put all of those people in that movie. And now he gets to do
0: that. I mean, kind of, let's be clear, Ernest Klein, who wrote the book, put all of those people in yes. Ready Player One. Right, that is fair. Right. Uh-huh. Um,
1: but, yeah, it's like... I think that's like one of those things of like it does make a lot of sense for Zach Penn to be writing Ready Player One. It does. I got so sad. I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care about Ready Player One anyway. And then I was kind of like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I feel like there's just this weird amalgam of ideas. There's too mm-hmm. many ideas,
1: none of them going the same direction. Well, and so many of them are like, like you were saying earlier, of like individually they are like a good parody of a thing of yeah. like. The like there's an early moment when they walk into the police station and he's like this is not what police stations look like this is oh, a movie yeah. police station with the
2: valet parking
1: yeah and like <laughs> pointing that out but then it kind of starts to, like lose track of that a little mm-hmm. bit and then you're just in like real LA like he yeah. points it out a couple times if he's like look every woman here is beautiful there's not any unattractive women and then there's a nice little fun joke where he's like that's clearly it means the movie and he's like no it's California and it's like ha ha um, but, like, we get off the rails of, like, we lose those threads of what it means to, like, be in a movie in this world and, like, where the parody stops and starts.
2: Analyzing it from the, this new perspective, I think that ended up bugging me the most is Danny throughout the movie is going, we're in a movie. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. That You're going to do this. You're going to say this. And it doesn't affect the movie he's in at all. There's no... Like, there's no consequences for him pointing out that they're in a movie so many times, except that Charles Dance's character, Benedict,
1: figures it out in a minute. Yeah, he's the only (laughs) character who is, like, actually kind of believes the kid, and that's only because he overhears him saying what he had done previously. Yeah. yeah. um, Because he watched it in the theater. And
0: Mm -hmm. again, I can't tell if that's because Charles Dance is so good. Or if that was actually very well written because he seems like a smart character. Yes. Like Charles Dance seems mm-hmm. smart. But a little,
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those characters that they do in, in these movies where there's like a slight supernatural twist who is not nearly as freaked out as they should be. Mm-hmm. Like he just figured out, oh, magic ticket with a wormhole that will take me into a different world. <laughs> and he just is like, oh, and he's using it right... to, I know how to exploit this. And it's like, shouldn't you be maybe a little bit? freaked out
2: by it he and, gets it right away yeah th- during that yeah. uh the car crash he's like I'm teleporting out of here which you know happens off camera obviously but he's got it he's done
1: yeah he like even more so start. than the kid who actually is like the first one we see use it yeah he's like the kid's like oh, I don't know how to get back I don't know what to I do I know. get some stuck Woody. here and this guy's like I can bounce back and forth at will <laughs>
0: yeah I want to talk about the kid real quick yeah I hated him
1: <laughs> Austin
0: <laughs> I didn't hate the actor I hated the character. I hate people who sit there and are so proud of themselves Mm -hmm. for understanding something. (laughs) I don't mind a smart character. But this character, there was something about his smugness. Maybe it is the actor. I don't know. But there was yeah. something about his smugness, about knowing, oh, this is going to happen. And he'd have this wry smile on his face. <laughs>
3: and I was just like, stop it. One, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like that combination of, like, precociousness and, like, sheer ineffectiveness at yeah. anything. Yes. And it's like, you you don't get to be smug. You're not actually doing You're not anything. helping anyone. Well, also,
1: like... He is a very easy, like, uh, proxy for the audience. Like, it'd be really easy for him to be, like, the voice of the audience. But we don't know what he knows because he's basing his knowledge on, like, three other Jack Slater movies that we never got to see. Mm -hmm. So a lot of his stuff is like, well, of course you're going to do that. You always do that. And it's like, some of those jokes work when it's, I'll be back, because we've all heard Arnold Schwarzenegger say that. So those ones land. Other ones, when it's like, oh, he's going to do this, it's like, is he? I guess if that's. Like, you sound like you know what you're talking about, so I have to trust you, but it doesn't work as a joke.
2: No. No. And I I didn't hate the kid as an actor, as you said. Uh, Usually when they have the kid in these types of movies, they either make him a little shit or they give him a terrible life. But usually by terrible life, it's, oh, there's the obvious bully and he's giving him a hard time, so he has to imagine (laughs) his way out of it. This life, they quickly establish that his dad died yep. and I'm gonna say this mo- movie also sets up a lot of very weak bookends that they don't pick up on here and there Yeah, uh-huh. uh, so his dad's dead and he is assaulted by a meth addict or something something yeah. by That's the way my
1: least favorite scene in the whole yeah. movie it is it's so,
2: so out dark. of place he dares him to kill him yeah so that happened yeah. He, yeah. he gets chained to sorry he gets chained to his sink his hands are bloodied <laughs> And like yeah, that that's why his life is bad.
1: And I well, and also 100%. his best friend is a movie theater projectionist who's like ninety years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and eh, maybe, Doc Brown, fine, I'm fine. Yeah, with that. but like maybe it, the the whole storyline, like you were saying, of like so many mm. things that get like picked up and then just like set over here, like hey, <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna <laughs> talk about that anymore. Of like the theater closing. It's kind of a story point, yeah. but that's only mentioned by, like, there's a sign out in front of the theater that says, Coming soon, Lowe's Cineplex, and, like, he mentions it once to Jack Slater. It,
2: it sounded like there was a script supervisor or someone on set who said, All right, now, can you say this?
1: Yeah. And that's what <laughs> happened. Uh, but Yeah.
2: Yeah, because I go back to the, the dad being dead thing because I didn't remember that as a kid. I knew the mom was in there. And she said, do you think I wanted to be a widow before I was 40? And he go, oh, so this is going to like affect who he is as a no. person. And I bet you when Jack Slater brings up that his kid died, he'll go, yeah, my dad died. That doesn't happen. No. There's no bond over that. No. They're, e- they're so easily could be. Yeah. and that, that, <laughs> There's <laughs> no bond, period. Well, that's what I try to get to in the 60-second plot. plot <laughs> down, is in the end, they're like, I needed you the whole time. And it's, did you? Yeah. <laughs> you never like I. You can be friends, sure. But well, because he, even
1: when they bring him into the real world and he spends all night talking to his mom, mm-hmm. even in that moment of like you spend all night talking to my mom, that's kind of weird. They don't allude to that being a thing of like, oh, you you could be my new dad, or yeah. like there wasn't any sort of like fl- like real flirting with the mom. They no, didn't show like real sh- chemistry there. I think
2: there should have been. I. Like-
1: uh, and I again the vibe Mercedes, I wanted Mercedes
0: from... Rule is a goddamn great actress
1: <laughs> and she's wasted here the vibe <laughs> I wanted from that scene and this is going to be a very uh, specific reference is the scene when Coach Bombay comes over for dinner at Charlie Conway's house in <laughs> the Mighty Ducks and all of a sudden Charlie Conway's like wait my mom and my coach are flirting I'm going to go in the other room and let them flirt for a while and kind of <laughs> hang back let this happen because I need a dad in my life and that's not how this played out and so Mighty Ducks is a better movie. The end. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with yeah. that. I saw Mighty Ducks
0: one time on a bus, and I, I, I agree that that is a, that is a better I, film. I, I did it showed...
1: was recently. I didn't know they showed movies on buses. No, this was – I was in junior high. I want to talk more about that uh, scene of the home invader because oh, yes. the only reason it exists only in the movie reason. is to give him a handcuff key that he uses later to escape from the bad guy. Other than that, there is no reason for that scene to exist in the movie Mm -hmm. and no reason for that scene to be where it is in the movie because we already have a setup and a conflict of, hey, this kid likes to skip school and go to the movies. His mom is going to work at night, so she won't be home, and his weird projectionist Doc Brown friend says, hey, if you meet me at midnight, I'll show you the new Jack Slater movie. There's the setup for the film. We know what's going to happen. She's going to go to work. He's going to sneak out, go to the movies. But instead of just that happening, he goes to leave. He's a little scared. And then some guy breaks in, Mm -hmm. says, I can't steal your stuff because you don't have anything good. So I'm going to just handcuff you to this toilet sink situation and then throw the key into the toilet and you have to get it. And we're like, oh, okay. And then it immediately cuts to him. At the police station, with the key in his hand, mm-hmm. so I guess he just got out, no problem, and then the police officer was like, "Well, go on home, go go back to that place where that traumatic event happened." Yeah, we won't bother to follow you or take you home at all. Like yeah. you just go back, walk through the streets of New York at twelve thirty at night.
3: Oh, yeah, <laughs> and this scene drives me nuts because it felt like it was going in for like this nice little setup of a character moment where this kid is too timid to like fight back mm-hmm. yep. at the beginning of the film and i thought okay there's going to be a scene mm-hmm. at the end where this pays off and he's learned from arnold schwarzenegger to believe in himself and like fight back and then no and then things just sort of keep he, happening to the kid and he like they they even keeps saying it's a movie he
2: danny even comments on that saying i can teach you how to be vulnerable and you can teach me how to, it was how to be more confident and in the end, he learns how to fake cry
0: and to that's, that's hold on to a gargoyle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But
1: like, OK. Necessary life skills. Yeah.
0: Again, it's just so many threads going in so mm-hmm. many different ways that nothing has the opportunity to do anything, even though I think there are wonderful ideas. Yes. And it's because mm-hmm. of that that I had such a negative reaction to this because I'm like, I want a movie about that. We're not going to get that. OK. Oh, this is an idea. Let's have a movie about that. Okay, we're not going to get that either. Uh, Oh, this is an idea too. We can have that. Like all of these different ideas, I liked, but but it comes from. I guess we should start talking about the what happened to this movie. Oh, oh, like
1: behind the scenes. Yeah, I
0: think Mm -hmm. we like the article lays it out. But Zach Penn and his co writer wrote it. They sold it, and it got into well, it got into a bidding war. And, like, your first script out of the gate gets into a bidding war between studios and finally sold for something ridiculous like $350,000. Yeah. Uh, so you're jazzed, you know, because you just sold right. a script for a lot of money. And then the studio, uh, Columbia, um owned by Sony, decides they want to do a rewrite. Sure, mm-hmm. that's what happens. They get Shane Black and another co-writer. Writer of Lethal Weapon. Writer of Lethal Weapon and Iron Man 3, also director of Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time...
1: He was the lethal weapon man. Yeah, he was the he lethal was weapon still guy, and, well, he still and he is. had just
0: done uh, Last Boy Scout. Yeah, um, yes. mm-hmm. so he was kind of riding high, and so he got to do that, and then John McTiernan, the director of Die Hard and Predator, two excellent movies. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap! Ooh. Die Hard may be one of the most perfectly executed movies yeah. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Predator
1: is also a movie. Predator <laughs> is
0: also an incredibly good. Tense sci-fi action film. Mm-hmm. He gets hired to direct and then immediately wants a rewrite of his own and starts rewriting everything. Mm-hmm. So now you've got all of these voices. <laughs> and I think that's,
1: that's like largely what we're talking about. Yeah, it's like yeah, all these yeah. threads of like, it lays out, like you said in the article of like, there are those story beats of like, this part came from Shane Black. This part came from Zach Penn. And this part came from, uh I forgot the director's name already. Oh Um, John. But like they all like there are pieces from all of those scripts in this final version and that's why none of them go anywhere is because they're just jumping from version to version to version without the payoff. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And that makes sense because a lot of them like that was another one of my problems is it seemed like so many of these little setups were hitting the same beats.
1: Yes. Where
3: like even the just the we're in a movie thing that went on for like twenty minutes. Mm, More like an hour. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, mean, just the initial one where it was like scene where the scene revolved entirely around like, oh, like I need to, you know,
1: we're on a movie set. Let's go to the video store. Let's do this stuff. Like, just like, yeah,
3: we get it. We get it. Like, but there's no progress to it either.
0: We can also tell that it's like really fastly rewritten scenes. Yes. (laughs) We're like the, the 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 playing chicken. Mm-hmm. For instance, where he's going to do it on his bicycle because he's like, I'm the good guy. And, yeah. But you can tell it's quickly written because the writer was just like, well, I guess I'll just have him talk to himself <laughs> to explain right. what he's doing. Yeah. And it, again, it's like, I like this idea yeah. of him deciding he's going to play chicken, but you could have done this visually. There was a lot of
2: the, the premise of this movie is that a kid who is a movie fan fanatic who understands a lot of the tropes in movies we see. Uh, you know, I don't think the studio trusted it. They thought, okay, oh, no, no, yeah. they thought, <laughs> you know, because the, the kid immediately goes, we're going to win this game of chicken because we're the good guys. But then this, after he establishes that one time, he does it again later, but the studio decides, or someone decided, well, maybe the audience doesn't get it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which- he has to lay it out very clearly again Um, yeah even though even though this
2: game has this movie has three games of chicken three games of chicken (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah. two with jack slater one in the real world one in the movie and then one with the kid on his bike okay i like the one in the movie (laughs) No, no, no. i'm
0: sorry i like the one in real life life. i I like that one but
1: (laughs) it's i think again those rewrites are like i think they're rewriting scenes they didn't like And they're not going back and rewriting the full script. So what happens is they leave things, like, unended. And they're just like, Mm -hmm. eh. Like, they just (laughs) fill in the gaps where they want to fill in the gaps. And they leave in scenes that they think are, like, entertaining but don't really make a lot of sense. Well, like, yeah. One of the key scenes in the movie is the funeral scene. I want to get to And I that. Okay. do not know why it happened or what really was the plot of that <laughs> there thing. Okay. I just know there was a lot of fart jokes yeah, in it that, that, was, that I did not uh, appreciate.
2: Uh, that was a big build up to a fart joke. Uh, I guess that was Silent Shane. but deadly
0: Yeah. <laughs> I guess you know, that, was, that was Shane Black's not scene, great sorry <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I do some good impressions Arnold you do. is not, I one, of not one of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, but if you were like trying to do the uh, uh, whoever Moose and Squirrel like, you nailed <laughs> that one I, all of
0: it, my impressions end up being Russian yeah, yeah. yeah. it was, it was like, a bad perfect. Russian it
2: was impression. a good on. Boris yeah. <laughs> yeah. but that scene I, so I had read that was one of Shane Black scenes that had been left in the movie I don't want to say because I don't know what was doctored and what wasn't. But Shane Black does a lot of movie scenes in high rise buildings. Uh, there's one in the nice guys. There's a few in most of the lethal weapons. Yep. And it's a funny scene. I, I honestly laughed at the look elephant line. I did too. Yeah. It was yeah, right, like, oh, yeah. you idiots. <laughs> uh, you know, they showed multiple grandmas
0: drawing multiple guns. <laughs> yeah. And that felt like it was something out of like naked gun. Yeah. A little yep. bit. Yeah. Sorry, and, continue. I'm.
2: Well, it's just, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that would work well if they were a part of other fuller movies, I think. And I, that's what the funeral scene, I going into what, you know, later we'll talk about what we might change in the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I enjoy the funeral scene. But if I wanted to get into some of the depth of the other movie scenes in this, I would probably cut that. Well, because it's it doesn't
1: have the depth that some of it has, no. like a little character traits, little references, little parody moments that like mm-hmm. do add to this world of like you are in a movie. Yeah, and like Nick said, that's more of a naked gun. It's more of a parody moment. It's not like you if you were in an action movie, the grandmas and the old ladies are not going to be pulling out guns, right? Unless no. it's a really bad weird action movie. If you're and in that's a naked not gun in this <laughs> world, Jack Slater is like the action hero star. Mm. These are like the best action movies of their day. So that sort of ri- ridiculous stuff shouldn't really be happening. Well, no. you yeah, also go ahead. Tim.
3: Oh, i I noticed that in a bunch of spots where the movie just can't figure out its own rules. That's where, what I was going to bring up. Yep. I'm like exactly the same thing where you're like, yeah, like that wouldn't happen in an action movie yeah, no. that these guys are making fun of the grandma pulling it. Out. But then there's also the scene where they're driving down the highway in the car freeway for those of you from LA <laughs> but <laughs> they're driving down the freeway and there's like cars swerving in the background yeah, like yeah. people and it's like what is I mean I think right. it's supposed to be a comment on like oh the action movie star just driving and never has to like stop or do anything yeah. it's like yeah. but that's the not how it looks in the movie. him yeah yeah but that like you don't see those crashes like if he did that in the real world then yeah. yes,
0: exactly that's the point I wanted to get to and it comes to a question for me is is Jack Slater a good cop In the movies. Or is he a bad cop? Because if he's a good cop in the movies, which is what I think the movie is trying to say... Mm -hmm. He's not acting like a good cop in any way. The the And I point to that roof scene where he doesn't even know how to act like that scene makes more sense if it's happening in the real world, even though it's ridiculous mm-hmm. of him fumbling his way through everything. Right. Because he is. Right. He's just he can't think of what to say. He can't think of
1: what to do. He punches out a doctor like <laughs> and it's uh, he also at the beginning punches out the lieutenant governor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right like, the governor gets here. And yeah. so at what point is the parody happening? and they yes. d- since and i agree mm-hmm. with you like if they were in the movie for 20 minutes at the beginning where everything is going fine and everything mm-hmm. he does works out perfectly and it's all he's smooth about everything mm-hmm. then he gets to the real world and he's just at a loss and can't do anything right and he just sort of bulldozes through everything that makes more sense but they were they kept mixing it up in here so and it, and so then you would have those moments where you did have the cartoon cat show up and you'd be like, oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah, we're in a movie. I forgot. <laughs> Whiskers. Yeah, Whiskers <laughs> shows up. Poor Danny
1: DeVito. Voiced by Danny DeVito. Yeah.
0: And, and so I guess that's like when you do that, when you rewrite a scene mm-hmm. instead of doing a whole pass,
4: mm-hmm.
0: then that's what you're left with. And it's a lot like editing when you, you can't just edit. If in a well-constructed script, you can't just edit something out. Because uh, that thing has a ripple effect, and we mention it here or here, and then all of a sudden, your movie doesn't make sense. And that feels like what happened in the writing stage. They were also under the gun. The The, the next thing we should move into is just like, why was this movie a failure at the box office?
1: Jurassic Park. I, I wouldn't
2: just blame Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah. I think we can largely... I think we can't blame it for the overall failure, Uh huh. but I think... Opening a movie, especially back in the nineties when like movies would be number one (laughs) at the box office for like twenty weeks. Oh, and when you like Titanic was like number one at the box office for like three months.
0: Let's let's be clear, Titanic was weird. Well, yes, but
1: Jurassic Park was a huge movie. Yeah. And there was no way that like especially because a week after, that's all that word of mouth traffic of like, Mm -hmm. have you seen these fucking dinosaurs? And like (laughs) people going to see Jurassic Park that next weekend are going to opt for Jurassic Park over mm-hmm. Last Action Hero. Yeah. So no, I think no matter how much people were looking forward to Last Action Hero that summer, the moment Jurassic Park comes out and their friends are telling them all about it, mm-hmm. they are going to go see Jurassic Park over Last Action Hero. Well,
0: the right, Zach Penn actually called the studio <laughs> and was like, I would rather go see <laughs> Jurassic Park and this was my idea. Yeah, <laughs> Like, you've got to move this.
1: And, and I think that... That was a fair point they brought up in the article too of like this movie was not intended to be a competitor with movies like no. Jurassic Park. It's no. not supposed to be the two hundred million dollar movie. It's like it's supposed to be that sort of meta comedy that can sit in maybe a spring release, maybe not middle of summer blockbuster time. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. But they the studio like refused to believe that. Because also, they also got
0: myopic about having Schwarzenegger in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I it, go ahead. I, I was gonna say it
2: seemed like the studio realized how deep they were in already because yeah. they had Schwarzenegger, <laughs> they had Black, they had McTierman great cast. A lot of their top writers had touched the script at some point. And then they said, "This can't fail." They advertised on a NASA rocket. That's why I was just about gonna. This. I was, I
1: was oh, just yeah, bringing up like this list that late. I uh, <laughs> I sent this like trivia little nugget to uh, Nick while like while he was watching the film, and it. This is a, a few little notes about Last Action Hero that will help you uh, understand the promotions that was surrounding it. The film had seven video games, and that is like basically across like Game Boy and yeah, this was SNES, like so not Super like Nintendo's seven out. sequels to video games, but like across like seven different versions of a video game. Mm-hmm. A twenty million dollar Burger King promotion, oh my God. a thirty-six million dollar theme park ride which I'm guessing was probably at Universal for a while or something. Um, NASA's first paid ad in space, which uh, you guys were talking about where they put the name on a rocket and shot up into space, but they didn't get it launched until three months after the movie came out, so (laughs) most of that goodwill was gone. Um, (laughs) I would say all of that goodwill. (laughs) At that point, it was just like, we're trying to get rid of it, put it in space, fly it into the
0: sun. (laughs) They put a four-story
1: inflatable Jack Slater up. That had dynamite in its hand. Oh, yeah. And they put it up in Times Square like months after the truck bombing at World Trade Center. I thought it was only like three. No, it was was pretty close. It was very close. close. So so they were like, oh, sorry, take that down. So that was a useless four story uh, Jack Slater. Wasted expense. Schwarzenegger gave 40 television interviews and 54 print interviews in 24 hours. Setting a new personal record for himself to sell this movie. So this was the studio. This was Schwarzenegger. All of them saying, this movie is not allowed to fail. We're just going to throw all of our money at it and make it succeed and the the movie gods went oh really (laughs) yeah we got dinosaurs I mean
3: in that Empire article they quoted one of the or like the executive who had been in charge of doing all that and he was like oh yeah this is the movie that's gonna make or break my career it can't (laughs) fail and I was Mm. like oh dude you don't know what's coming (laughs) yeah (laughs) or maybe you do yeah Uh, he wanted
0: to break (gasps) his career (laughs) it was like an Andy Kaufman prank (laughs)
1: yeah
3: (laughs) Yeah. it's
0: like the most expensive Andy Kaufman prank of all time I I
1: mentioned in a that we should send a rocket to space, and they said yes. Oh, and then I just kept it. going, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
0: like it, just everything fell apart,
1: and it didn't connect with people on a large. No. Even the
0: people who went to see it were kind of like, "eh,
1: it's a big bloated mess." I totally yeah. see why I enjoyed it as a five, six-year-old, but I also totally see why like a fifteen to twenty-year-old would not like this movie when mm. it came out, which is like. They don't want the six-year-olds except for to buy toys. Like They want the people who will see this movie and pay to see it repeatedly and buy it on VHS at the time.
2: I feel like this movie also had a who is your audience problem. Oh, big one. Absolutely. Uh, Because it was Last Action Hero itself. It had to be PG-13.
1: Yes, because that's the whole joke is that uh, at one point in the movie, uh, Danny writes down, I'm assuming, fuck, on a piece of paper (laughs) and hands the piece of paper to Arnold – or Jack Slater and says, say this word. And he looks at it and he's like, yeah. what? And I'm not saying anything. He's like, You can't say it because this movie's PG 13. And right. like, I, I get it. I'll go back to that All in a right. minute. Yeah. <laughs> which is really,
0: there's another uh, weird dichotomy here, which is uh, the toys that came out. Yeah. Uh, Schwarzenegger decided he didn't <laughs> want guns in the toys yeah but what's weird is like there was a lot of moments in this movie that made me really uncomfortable with i mean danny, danny has just, a gun just waving a gun around
1: danny is just running very, with a gun very through crowds, large,
0: 50 caliber uh,
2: like yeah.
1: a big gun and then there's a. Moment and also he's upset why people aren't like staying around to listen to him <laughs> he's like running into a crowd with a gun trying to get what he wants and everyone's running away and he's like what's the problem with these people they always <laughs> run away i'm like
0: Well, first of all, he's telling them you have to take him back to the movies, and does he expect them to (laughs) To... go? Okay, (laughs) this makes sense. This man's (laughs) been shot in the chest. Let's take him to a movie theater. (laughs) Do you really expect them to believe you? And then he's mad when they all get out of the car. Well, uh, so (laughs) so there's that element. But like, it really bothered me seeing. First of all, when he says, "Well, wait, what if I stay in the car?" and that's how come I get killed. And then Jack Slater just tells him there's a gun in the glove compartment. Okay. Oh. Now, this is all to fulfill a joke mm-hmm. where he opens the glove
1: compartment mm-hmm. and just guns there's fall like out. like, 50 guns.
0: Which is fine, but I'm still, like...
1: It's also a joke they already did in the movie. They already uh, did it. When Jack Slater's <laughs> told to, like, put down his gun, and then they are like, just one gun, Jack? And he takes out, like, 20 guns it's from... It's also a beam. joke that was done better in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Personally, <laughs> I'm just going to say that. But
0: there's that, but then... Danny is just running around after that just waving a gun everywhere and trying to get people to do what he wants and it's really unsettling. Now p- part of that I think is 2018 eyes yes um, right mm-hmm. but even it's weird to me to see Schwarzenegger at that time say, this is okay for the movie, but I don't want any guns in these toys.
3: That is weird. I mean it didn't I didn't think about it until you just mentioned it. but like that stuff never bothered me in the movie because I guess I was so thrown off by the complete. Lack of the movie following its own rules—that I didn't know. I mean, I was like, I don't know what the consequences of this are because they like it could be literally anything. It's literally whoever rewrote that page of the scripts. It's
1: whatever they felt because that kid could have easily thought, "I'm in a movie. I can shoot anyone, and it doesn't matter." Right. Right. Like that kid could be like, "These people are all fictional. Who cares if I
2: shoot them?" There, there was a few issues i had of danny and what he didn't do and that he's in this magical world and he just kind of rides it out <laughs> he does he does. He really does he he in at some point i get tired of him saying we're in a movie and i just go okay kid, this is like the 50th time you <laughs> said it it's not sinking in and who are you talking to yeah <laughs> and that i don't know that has come to, to remind the audience yeah <laughs> Uh,
1: <laughs> one one thing I feel like we have somehow completely ignored in this discussion so far is the Hamlet scene. Love it, <laughs> right? <laughs> I I am so uh, happy about that scene for a multitude of reasons. Uh, one, when it's introduced in the classroom, the actress introducing it is Joan Plowright. Yep, who, who that was, was Laurence Olivier's. Uh, last wife, his widow, and so she's introducing this film of like, this is Hamlet with Laurence Olivier, who you guys might know from the Polaroid commercials, and it's like literally her husband had just died like three years before this movie came out. But I kind of love that because oh, she's talking great. about how
0: hot she, hot he was in other roles.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, then it transitions into a scene where Danny's watching Hamlet and gets tired of him just talking and not taking just, action. Just do it! Uh-huh. Yeah, just do it! Don't talk about it! And so, then it ca- cuts into his fantasy version of Hamlet, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger as Hamlet. And it's so, so good. And I think, so like, good. I think the movie needed more of that. I, agree. I don't know yes. how it would have done it,
2: after... but, like,
1: there's, like, what's it? There's like There's trouble in the state of Denmark, yep. or whatever. It's like, oh my god, it's so good! Like I, uh, my girlfriend is majoring in Shakespeare (laughs) and like, she was like, I believe like taking a shower or like doing something while like the beginning of this movie was on. Uh And so I got to that scene and I had to like rewind to that scene to be like, I know you don't want to watch this movie, (laughs) but you you really need, need you need to see this scene because I need your critique. Yeah. And, uh, largely she did not care for it. I would say, Oh well, I think she enjoyed it, but From a Shakespeare purist, I don't think it hits
3: the right uh, (laughs) notes. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it's it's yet another one of those scenes, though, that was a perfect setup for something that never came. Like, as soon as the movie ended, my girlfriend said to me, she's like... Why didn't they go running through a bunch of other movies Uh, if they can travel between other movies? Kind of like a
1: Blazing Saddles ending. Yeah. And that's
3: what sets it up is that like, oh, here's Arnold in Shakespeare. And now it's like taken through a variety of other genres. Yeah, That
2: was one of my main problems with the main plot device of this movie being the magic ticket. And keep in mind, I I didn't remember this as a little kid, but rewatching it. The movie ends of two magic tickets in the real world.
1: Yep. Yep. One just and on one the sidewalk that was just forgotten until Ian McKellen Deathman says, <laughs> "What about the other I did, ticket?"
2: <laughs> I do kind of like that setup because they established it in the beginning, so it's not, uh, you know, it's not like oh, there's Machna coming up out yeah. of nowhere. But I just want to say, there's two magic tickets. One just on the sidewalk; it can bring death out of a movie. <laughs> uh, the other one, Danny still has in the end. Yeah, but one thing that I think wait the movie wastes a lot of potential on this was the character of Jack Slater not wanting to break out of being a movie
0: character as much as he could have. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. one of my biggest notes. Well, especially when
1: he – that scene you talked about earlier where he has that deep moment of, like, realizing he is fictional.
2: But he could hop into Jack Slater too, get his kid out of there, and that could have been a happy ending. Or Right. Mm -hmm. Danny, who does not have a great life – could be like, Mom, you wanna go live in a California movie yeah. fantasy? We'll live with- in Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, the mom not knowing who Arnold Schwarzenegger was. Well, she does, because he mm. says
1: he. She says at one you point, you look like a lot like someone. She says, she said that. Okay, but you're,
0: you're clearly much more intelligent. Something like that. Something like that, because yeah. yeah. like 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 <laughs> he does a thing
2: where he goes, Arnold Brown Yeah, <laughs> I laughed. But then later on, after... There's deep, another good line where he says that, where he's like,
0: I know, I am the famous comedian Arnold Braunschweig. But
2: he says it
1: twice. <laughs> a he lot, makes the exact same yeah. joke
0: twice. There's a
2: lot of coming back to beats they made earlier. Yeah, but that with, weren't necessary. And
1: some of them, yeah. again, like we started off this discussion of like, some of them hit, mm. and the others just miss and so you focus on the misses a lot more because you just shake your head and you're like i see what you were trying to do i
2: think the biggest groan for me was the lethal weapon two days from retirement saxophone hit saxophone hit, yeah but earlier when they made the lethal weapon slash diehard oh it's christmas yeah i gotta laugh well that's also
1: a shane black thing of like every movie that man Uh writes has to take place at least partially at Christmas. Yes. Why?
0: We don't know. Doesn't I matter, like it though. Christmas in California. Like, no, I'm totally I, on board for when it.
1: When I started watching this movie and it opened with a Christmas tree on a rooftop, I was like, did Shane Black write this movie? <laughs> or is <laughs> no, that I mean, just that. like a a nice nod to Shane Black? And I was like, either way, I like it. It's both. But <laughs> it's like both. that happens now with like I'll watch an older movie or even more recent like action movies mm-hmm. and if there's a Christmas scene in it, I have to check the credits cuz I'm like, Shane Black probably wrote this.
0: <laughs> I I think um
1: Actually, not jingle all the way though. He didn't write that one. No, he didn't. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um,
0: the last point that I have is it's interesting to me how much the end of a generation of ideas this was. So Arnold Schwarzenegger had two more bona fide hits after this. And one was close. Um, he did true lies right after this. And yeah. then he did Eraser, which were both mm-hmm. hits. Eraser is not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. True lies is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went into politics and, you know, his box office uh, just didn't – it never came back, but it also he, – he was starting to drop off there. I wanted um, to ask – sorry to interrupt. Did
2: anyone else pick up on the political jokes in this movie? Because there's a few. Well, yeah. they
1: were like – it's like that weird thing of like like watching it now is actually funnier <laughs> because like you said, like at the very beginning, he like I, like I brought up you earlier, he punches the lieutenant governor and mm-hmm. you said he – there's the line he says like, "Call me when the governor gets here." He makes and it's jokes like, about Congress. That's in this funny movie. because he became the governor. Yes. <laughs> and then later on, there's like three or four jokes about like politicians, mm. and he's like, "Things I don't like politicians, blah blah blah, blah blah blah, politicians." And it's like you said, politicians twice. And he's like, "Yeah, I know they're twice as bad as those other things." Yeah, <laughs>
0: and, and he had always had a political mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I also
1: don't think that Arnold had a lot of say in that stuff.
0: I don't know. I don't know, man. I, he might have had a lot. Of, who knows? Having Arnold in this movie mm-hmm. is kind of a was one of the misfires that, like, really? he was not the or not even one of the misfires. I think banking on him being mm-hmm. as much right. of a draw okay. was he had just come off a flop with Junior. Um, Ooh. which you know and that's hard to tell like it's hard to tell like well was it the movie it was the movie but like or is Arnold's star fading and I think it was a little of his star fading as well as had he
1: done Twins and Junior both before this yes and Twins is great and I will hear nothing of it I haven't seen Twins in probably 20 years so I don't
0: it's Ivan Reitman and it's so good alright it's <laughs> Look, but, but, anyway. junior, but Junior's not. No, Junior's not. good. Okay, I don't know if it's Ivan Reitman, but it's not yeah, good. I feel like that movie does not hold up well. No, didn't hold up well at the time. Um, <laughs> hold up a week. I mean, later. it yeah. holds
3: up exactly because it started at the bottom. <laughs> yes, good. Nice. Good now point. It ages um,
0: well. But <laughs> I think another good uh, signal of this is the the soundtrack for this movie.
4: Oh yeah, which <laughs> I think
0: I love. I still listen I to say, a lot of this. say, That's like su- high school Nick. Oh, it's jam. totally jam. exactly. Yes. But it's like right at the end. Nirvana was coming. Like, yeah. a, actually, mm. Nirvana had already showed up. Yeah. And yeah, so this, but this album has a Megadeth song, which is a great Megadeth track that gets butchered in the movie, but it's a great <laughs> Megadeth track. Uh, it has one of the best Queensryche songs um, that they ever recorded, but it's not on any of their albums. Is there a Metallica jam in this, too? No. I thought there was Metallica. That's, no. It
2: sounded like that when they were doing the... the the helicopter shot. Yeah, that's what the, I thought. There's the like a camera, helicopter shot towards the
1: beginning of the movie that I swore was a Metallica song. No, like, but it's that's not, not it's it. Not. Okay.
0: Uh, there is a Def Leppard song. There's two Alice in Chains songs, which is like mm-hmm. the coming, uh, the the stuff that was coming. But like, it's a great album. But PC, DC is, wrote a song for oh, this yeah, movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is great. Big Gun. It's a yeah. great song. <laughs> right. um, Isn't
1: there an Anthrax song in there somewhere? Yeah,
0: there's an Anthrax song. So it's like, again, it's like right on the edge of when all of this was ending. Yeah. And it de-
1: yeah, that. not that you put it in that context, yeah. it is like, the tides are coming, guys, like, that's, <laughs> prepare. That's
3: actually, I, I caught onto that pretty early in the movie, I think, because I didn't know going in about the ticket part. Um, I mean, I've seen it referenced in other stuff, but I always took it as, and I feel like this must be the end of that era, of that late 80s, early 90s, like, oh, here's, like, a magic thing that transports somebody into a, like, media oh, world. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it's, like, yeah, like, a Tron, or, like, wasn't there a Disney movie, like, Pagemaster or something, where the yes, kid goes into the books out, and, think, like...
2: That might have been the same year. Yeah. Pretty close. Oh, pretty close. I, I would look yeah. up, and I was gonna say, I would suggest to anyone, look up movies made in 1993. Good year. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a bad year. No. It was yeah. not. But uh, it's, like,
3: that conceit of, like, well, we need a fish-out-of-water story... But, like, let's put them in a TV or a computer or whatever yeah. or like mm-hmm. or like have somebody come the other way
1: with what is it the wizards like well, and you also, I think with those movies, what they do uh, in a smarter way than this movie does <laughs> is you're taking a kid and putting him into something that other kids want to be in right, yes. right. little kids, they want to be in a video game, like they're mm-hmm. like they want to be in a cartoon book world, like the pagemaster like that kind of idea, kids, uh, like, I mean, yeah, some boys, little boys, watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, wanting to be a part of that. Yep. The average kid, like, this movie wasn't made for kids. I think they thought it was <laughs> right. in some regard, but it's not. So many people get killed in this movie. Like, 80 people, people die in this movie. <laughs> and this is a
0: weird thing because, like, Schwarzenegger movies traditionally were not for kids. They were R-rated movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's weird for him to be... This will go into how I want to fix this, but like it's weird for him to be the focal point of this, because mm-hmm. even though, yeah, kids did idolize him, it I, I, I just don't feel like that is a good analog for what they were wanting to do. Oh, yeah. So let's move on then to Bill. How would you fix Last Action Hero? I feel I, like we were all nice to it at the beginning. And by the <laughs> end of this, we've, we've given up. I wouldn't change to. Well, I would actually change a lot. I wouldn't
2: <laughs> change the cast. I wouldn't change most of the production crew. But I really think they should have taken the self-awareness of what they're doing farther. And by that, we we touched upon earlier where Danny was trying to get Jack to say the F word. I would have appreciated a liar, liar liar-like scene where (laughs) he's just like, (laughs) and he just can't. He can't break out of it. We touched upon the art Empire. And then when he gets to
0: the real world, he just has this long swearing. (laughs) He can't Uh, stop saying. He falls,
1: he's just like, fuck. You're just like,
0: no, it's just like as he's falling down something, it'd be like, Uh, fucking uh, motherfucker.
2: And that's one thing. They didn't take some things far enough. I would have cut out, I still enjoy the funeral scene, but I would have cut it out to establish some more differences between the real, real world and the movie world because so far, The real world worked exactly like the movie world,
0: except we have magic in it now.
2: (laughs) And you can be immortal if you want to.
1: Oh,
0: that's right. We have. uh, That's funny. The magic came from our world. That's
1: us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's also the thing of like you're saying, like, didn't take it far enough. It's like a lot of the things Arnold gets away with that we're supposed Mm -hmm. to like believe are part of the movie world are Mm -hmm. like it just makes him look extremely lucky. Yeah, like, yeah, Oh, he can walk through this scene and like not get shot. He can fall off this thing and land perfectly on this thing. Yeah. It's like all this movie magic. And it's like, right, but you don't lean far enough into it.
2: No, they, I don't think they lean far enough into it. Uh, the Empire article we keep referencing said they tried, like where uh, there's a scene where they didn't make it into a movie where Jack Slater takes some film grain and uses it to kill oh, someone. Oh, a film cut. Yeah, yeah. There's a tear. Yeah. yeah, a tear. And they, they don't do that. They didn't play enough in the world that they were trying to establish, and they didn't really establish two separate worlds to me. So I wish they had taken it farther, Mm -hmm. honestly.
0: We'll get into this with one of my real good suggestions, Uh that I also wonder if it was just not quite the era for that. I don't know. know. Too meta? Yeah, it was was just like we weren't prepared to – we didn't understand what audiences
3: would accept. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That's fair. Tuna, what do you think? I mean – a lot of those hit my same points. Uh, my two major ones that I want to start with are Show, Don't Tell. Yes, I thank feel you. like that would... And Cut 40 Minutes. Yeah. Like, that's, I feel like that would put it at a good The length. funeral scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like... Man, like hitting that halfway point and I was like, okay, I'm almost done. And realizing <laughs> that I wasn't was one of my worst movie experiences <laughs> in a long time.
1: That's always like watching real bad movies... I try not to ever pause them because I don't (laughs) want to know where I'm at in them. It's never as far as I think.
2: Sorry to interject, but I will say one thing that made me laugh and also go fuck you to the kid (laughs) was where he's wiping off the tar and he uses a napkin and it's gone. And I went, ha. And then the kid goes, tar sticks to most people.
3: And I was like, I got it. I saw it happen.
2: Yeah. Thanks for
3: telling me the joke. But I mean, even there's a ton of little moments like when he first gets into the real world and he like punches the glass. It's not like he doesn't have a reaction that's different. He just says, "Oh, my hand hurts." Oh, yes, yeah. right. And it's like maybe act like your hand hurts, and like right. that's how we figure well, out. And the I rules guess that's why
0: I liked the the chicken sequence. Yeah, because it the, the, so good. The, it was such a lame car crash, like a very normal looking that car, car chase.
1: Crash. Is so boring. That leads <laughs> oh, yeah. to that chicken right. moment because it's like a real world. Like yep. no one is driving 120 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour. They're driving like 40. Yeah, They're taking corners pretty carefully. They're like driving, and it yeah the chicken like scene like he's straight up saying like this is not gonna work <laughs> this is gonna go poorly and it does
0: it's beautiful it's
1: crash to just go Punk, yeah. And then, yeah and he gets out no big
3: explosion no and he has that reaction yeah. the reaction where he's like damn it that hurt
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. and it is followed by a pretty decent meta moment of like Go make sure they're dead. Yeah, he's like they're always right. dead. He's like, go make sure they're dead.
0: And then right. I think even he had a good joke, which is like, watch out! I'm pretty sure one has a windshield wiper. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So there's uh, there's yeah. a lot there, but yeah, uh, continue. Yeah, I
3: mean, and I mean that that comes down to like my most major like the overhaul I would put on the movie is like play with that difference between movie world. And real world mm-hmm. Yeah. where it's like those sorts of differences. If the m- whole movie were treated like that scene compared with the first chicken scene, it would work so much better. You have all these things that are setting up like good moments, but it's even down to like the cinematography, like everything. And I don't know if it was a bad transfer, but everything looked like overly grainy. And like a lot of times I'd notice highlights were gone and f- just
0: like I feel like it's a bunch of different things yeah. going yeah. on there. And that's well, probably and probably a bad transfer
1: me. because a lot of it isn't like they're not going to put money into transferring this movie to a nice. Uh, yeah. I really hope like it 8K. is because I looked
3: up the cinematographer and he's the same guy who did like Road Warrior and Super Mario Brothers yeah. and like, a, he had a big list. I, I looked yeah, that and like and then there good were sh-
0: movies. There were clearly unfinished, uh, like un uh, untimed shots,
1: right in there. Yeah. And oh then, yeah. There's some like. Also, some very, very, like, first-pass-done special effects mm-hmm. of, like, there's one particular one where a car, like, jumps over a ravine in the, the background behind brilliant. them, and <laughs> it just like, looks like a black blob the... yeah. just, like, falls and then explodes, yeah, and you're just, like... I'll be honest, I
3: was super shocked when I, because I went in with as little information as possible, yeah. I was shocked afterward when I found out, like, oh, this was, like, a tremendously expensive movie, yeah. a huge mm-hmm. budget, and I'm like... Yeah. I really thought it was, like, some (laughs) low-budget piece of shit.
0: Well, and this is the thing, too. Like, the editor – or no, John McTiernan says in that interview that – or in that article that there were a couple scenes that, like, there should have been editing – But there wasn't. (laughs) They also had to
2: shoot a new ending,
0: didn't they? Yeah, they had to reshoot the Mm -hmm. ending. Uh, But there were, like, he said, we we shot it and we had one master shot and that's what's (laughs) in the movie.
1: Which, that did make me want to go back and watch and find those scenes. Because I didn't notice anything where there was, like, a long shot in the movie, necessarily, But I want to go back and watch it now to be like, oh, this is only a long shot because they didn't have coverage. (laughs) I
3: saw a couple of them. Like, there's one right in the beginning where we're following the kid. It's a steady cam shot going through. Yeah, going through the theater. And there was just this weird moment (laughs) where you see, like, restrooms spray painted on the wall in the background. And I'm like, okay, that's a nice touch. Except then it, like, stays on that (laughs) for a second and then, like, turns to follow him up. And I'm like, what was. (laughs) Like, I saw like, that, like, as it was going, go, go, go. Yeah. So it was like edit this uh, in
0: real time? Right. <laughs> like, okay. I'm yeah. impressed. Yeah.
3: But, I mean, like, just playing with the differences, I think, was my main thing. And I would want to see more of, like, especially more so in the movie itself. Like, there was one scene, I think it was the car scene, where they're having a conversation after they leave Arnold's apartment or whatever. Um, which, by the way, I noticed that he was in apartment 69 after he lost his badge. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But, yeah, they they cut from a conversation in there to they're, like, continuing the conversation, or, like, clearly they've been driving for a while. Yeah. But, like, that movie conceit where it cuts into, and, oh, it's like the conversation never. But the kid doesn't notice it. And it's like no, that's a good moment. Have the
1: kid be like, "Whoa, like, what is this yeah. going on?" What? Like, like I, I, there is there is some movie that does that where somebody is aware that like in a movie they're like, "Why weren't you talking for the last thirty minutes?" <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what <laughs> movie
3: is that? I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, but I, it's, I, it's I like, know, it sounds remember. like something Dan Harmon would do. Yeah. yeah,
1: but it's like where it cuts in the middle of a scene and like they're they're twenty miles away and like continues the conversation. Yeah. It's like, wait, you weren't talking for the last twenty minutes. Why did you just start talking again? <laughs>
3: exactly. It's playing with stuff like that, examining actually what makes that action movie. Yeah. yeah. And then again, going back, like play more with the existential crisis of I'm a fictional character. I don't know how to operate in this world with your rules. Like flip those. Like, I, So if you could just yeah. like laser focus the thesis of the movie into that rather than yeah. having it fly all over the place.
2: I would have really liked, the, yeah, the, ex, the, the crisis you bring up, I would have really enjoyed if Jack Slater had just become
1: depressed.
0: Yeah.
2: And like yeah, if the was, kid had to like, like if it was his job came back up, back like, in. come
1: on, no, we have to go fight the bad guy. He's like, what's the point? And then, yeah.
0: you know, and then the twist is Danny's in trouble and now he has a second chance to, yeah. save, to save his son right. or whatever.
2: Yeah. Like if the movie fought Danny, like the, the movie he yeah. was in, if it was like, you're not supposed to be here, but it's just
1: no. Yeah. No. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? <laughs> um, How would you fix this? Uh, a lot of your guys' notes are pretty similar to what I have. I feel had. like they're very <laughs> very <laughs> uniform. But yeah. I actually, I had some other things that uh, I didn't... Uh, I think some of the meta stuff definitely needs to be changed or leaned into more. But for me, I think Tuna brought up, this movie is too long. Yeah. Like, yeah. the main part for me that felt way too long is the setup of the movie. The idea of, like, if you went to go see this movie and, like, Tuna, I guess you kind of watched it this way of, like, not knowing the premise of, like, if you hadn't seen a trailer for this movie, if you didn't, like, read about it, Mm -hmm. you just go to see this movie. It takes so long to get to the idea that this kid is going to be sucked into that movie that Mm -hmm. you're – I don't know how you would be interested in it because it's still, like, (laughs) 20 minutes in and you're just watching a kid watch a movie. And be smug about watching (laughs) a movie. But then, like – what ha- like the, the the I think like the five ten minute chunk that really needs to be trimmed down is th- once he gets the 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 movie ticket like the magic movie ticket you're like okay something's gonna happen and then he goes and sits down and just like watches the first ten minutes yep. of the movie and you just watch the first ten minutes yep. of the movie and you're just watching this but you don't know why yep you don't know why you're watching these scenes and like yes they come up later as plot points that it is important that he knows but. The get to the magic ticket faster. Yeah. Get to the premise of this movie faster. Because I don't want to watch a movie within a movie and not know why. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's my main chunk. That's a good note. I, I think mm-hmm. like yeah. I that's one of those things that I didn't notice until watching this time where I was like, "Oh, we're watching a lot of this movie with this kid. Like, we're just watching the movie now." Right. And that, I think yeah.
3: maybe that's why I felt like, by the time we got to the funeral scene, I felt like it was going so long is because the pacing up to that point would have worked if, like, the funeral scene were the end of the movie where it was like, oh, okay, this kid enters the movie and then, like, helps Arnold save the day or whatever. right?" And, like, that's the movie. But then it goes into the, like, everything coming back and it's like, no, okay, here's, like, an entirely separate plot that
1: comes about. Yep, and... As much as I would cut from the beginning, I would also cut the end and change the ending pretty much entirely. Like, I would cut the yeah. Ian McKellen stuff completely because, mm-hmm. one, that's another, like, rule-breaking moment of this ticket just lays on the sidewalk outside of a theater, and so this character is able to come out of the screen. Mm-hmm. Whoa, what? <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> then every
1: character in that movie should have been able to come out of the screen, not yeah. just yep. one. Oh, and yeah. like In a
0: segment we like to call,
1: wh- yeah. what? <laughs> and, like, every like every character in like in that nearby block should be able to just walk out of their movies if they want to it didn't it didn't make any sense and Ian McKellen only comes in to tell essentially Danny, "Hey, remember there's a second half of that ticket." Right. All you need is a shot
0: of Danny thinking and uh, then you cut or to the thing being turned over.
1: I wrote down like show Nick or Danny Nick is the projectionist yes not me not you um show, Nick, <laughs> show me yeah just cut to Nick um being like hey there's a ticket um <laughs> but like I wanted to like in that moment cut out Ian McKellen and just have Nick or Danny one of them be the smart one and let them realize like or let, I think Nick needs that moment I think the projectionist yeah. needs that moment to he needs have some more character of just like Danny the other half of the ticket it's in the thing. Or just have him go do it. Have Nick go get that ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. like any way to get to that second half of the ticket without yeah. needing Ian McKellen, who apparently is still alive in this world. Like mm-hmm. the 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 <clears throat> death character doesn't we don't see him go back into his movie. <laughs> right? So he's just yeah. strolling around yeah. killing people in New York, I guess.
2: <sighs> also, yeah. Also, Death took his powers from the movie. He killed a cop.
1: He just kills a cop. <laughs> That's the first thing he does in this movie is make a cop. Like, choked to death. Yeah. Then go, which, not cool, yeah. dude. Not great. Um, he does acknowledge that he has a list of people, so maybe that cop was supposed to die, but that's also a weird rule because he's a movie death, yeah, not right. a real world death. Because <laughs> he says, he's Jack Slater's not on either of my lists. Not on any of which, my Which, what list. is this list? Tell us, please. Yeah. Like, either have the whole movie be about that guy's list, or no movie <laughs> be about that guy's list. Um, <laughs>
3: Everything about that guy coming out of there just whiffs so many of oh, the yeah. things that they... Especially, like... When it's the thing coming and like the kids holding the gun at him, yeah. and it's like you're whiffing the callback to when you were complaining about people talking instead of shooting, mm-hmm. and the callback to the break in at the beginning where you wouldn't defend yourself and like you, you get messed up because
1: you won't have a whole theater of people who just <laughs> saw a giant Grim <laughs> right. Reaper come out of a screen, and we don't deal with that problem at all. <laughs> nope. Right.
2: Or there's a paramedic who will later go, yeah, I took care of a gunshot wound. I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just the best celebrity lookalike Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> yeah. ever seen. Never
0: yeah. Call me.
1: yeah. I love that line where he says,
0: I don't really like you. You've brought me nothing but pain. <laughs> yes.
1: I, I like that, that line. Like, yeah. Oh shit, what? Yeah. And oh. then like I do, I do love the little small little moment with Arnold Schwarzenegger when he shows up the the real Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie yes. when he shows up to the Jack Slater premiere and uh, his wife, Maria's like, Don't talk about Planet Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was good. And then the first thing he does is like You know, playing in Hollywood, we got this thing, it's like
3: damn it. (laughs) And then she pulls him away
1: and she's like, I can't believe you did that. That's so
0: low brow. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: But I I liked the like the parody versions of the celebrities in this Mm -hmm. world. Like I think Arnold played a better fake Arnold than he did even a Jack Slater. I agree. Mm -hmm. Um and like having like Jean-Claude Van Damme and all those people show up like I Like the James (laughs) Belushis Yeah, like all of the I,
0: I enjoyed that. Um I think for me, I would go back way back and I would I think this is another and I think that a lot of lessons were learned from this and I hope they continue to be learned from this, that the budget of this film needed to be around 20 to 30 million dollars. Like this is Mm a this to me is a a low budget concept Mm -hmm. that is fun in its low budgetness. And the moment you're spending three hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a script, you are making the first mistake yeah. like that is. So I would go all the way back and, and tell Columbia and Sony. No, <laughs> you get out of that bidding war, yeah. because this what are you going to do with this? Like I, I that would be my first thing that I would change is, mm-hmm. is simply that if it did get bought and it did went, go forward. I struggled with Arnold in here because I didn't feel like anything in Arnold's work was actually being parodied.
1: That's fair. I, I, f- I agree with that. I feel yeah, like that I'll be back is like the only reference to other movies. But it's pulled out of
0: nothing, too. Yeah. Right. yeah, like they're not parodying anything in Conan. They're not parodying really mm-hmm. anything in Terminator. Even though they make the reference that Stallone is now in Terminator and Robert in this Patrick world, has a quake. and Ro- Robert Patrick for no reason uh, except in the article that apparently Arnold was like, "No, you have to come
1: and do this." <laughs> yeah,
3: we're um, friends. Come yeah. do this. Yeah, well,
1: no, the quote is so good though. <laughs> it's like I want you to do the Wayne's World cameo you did in my movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> so, like, I think it's just – I would – at the time, I honestly think- – think this movie works better with a Sylvester Stallone or Bruce Willis?
1: Oh, just turn the movie on its head. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, that hey. happens, we should clarify, in the movie, they go to a like a blockbuster to be like, no, look, you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, look, you're in these movies. And they walk up to a cardboard cutout mm-hmm. of Terminator 2, and it's Sylvester Stallone in the role. It's actually a of,
0: really good I like yeah, that, yeah. too.
1: No, I think that's a good moment, is, because yeah. it alludes to one of my favorite moments in the movie Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone, where yeah. they say something about, like, <laughs> Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger Presidential Library, and he's like, he became president, and they're like, (laughs) yeah, like wasn't he an actor back in your day? And I'm like, that's a nice little like call out to friends. Sidebar: Those movies came out in the same year.
2: Oh, one so of, of those good movie. ass <laughs> year. One of those
0: movies is better than the other. <laughs> Demolition Man is terrific. I agree. Like that one. <laughs> you don't like that one? No, I do like. Oh, that Oh, okay. No. I was gonna. I love that movie. Like, um, ugh, love so that's it. it for me. It's like I, I. I think that you need to go way back. You need to spend way less money on this. Mm-hmm. This and then obviously everything we talked about. Focus on something, mm-hmm. and don't don't let it get out of the, get this out of control in the first place. Like there, if you. Don't think a script is ready to go. Don't buy it. Yeah, like, think, it's right. like, don't, don't do this Frankenstein thing where you're like, oh, you have a pass at it. Now you have a pass it, at it. It could have cooked for a while longer. Yeah, exactly. Hire, you buy the script and hire the writers and say, okay, mm-hmm. but I, I need you guys to do a rewrite on this. Well, and yeah. stick and with your vision.
1: Don't go, like they alluded to, like the fact that the, the screen tests were like in early May and this premiered in June and they were like, yeah. the screen test went poorly Wish well, we we had time to fix this. And they're like, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they were like editing and reshooting up until like the last week before it came out to try and fix anything they could. But they didn't actually have time yeah. to fix it. Yeah.
0: And that, you know, that leads me to my rating. Um, I rate all of these films on categories based on storms. Level one. Ooh, it's just a little fun. Maybe <laughs> a little rainy, kind of nice. Um, level five or category five could kill you. Um, I I struggle with this because I'm more disappointed in this movie than Mm -hmm. I am anything else. So I'm going to give it a one. I did have some fun with it. And I, after reading that Empire article, I'm more sad than I am angry at it anymore. Because, like, it was so many people getting twisted and turned around. And, like, maybe that executive, you could say, is at fault overall, because there was no one person in control of this ship, like, but yeah, it was I a just, bunch
3: of people adding their own flavor to the smoothie. They were just try- all of like, <laughs> them were
0: trying to make a good movie. Yeah, they were all trying to do what they thought was right. They fucked it up in doing that. There were yeah. way too many cooks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm gonna say it's a one. Like, I would probably watch this again. At least elements
1: of it, just for Charles mm. Dance. I'd probably watch this again. He's magical, Matt. <laughs> Matt what uh, do you rate this? Uh, My system is the possessed mushroom puppet scale of enjoyment, uh, which is one out of five possessed mushroom puppets. Uh, I'm going to give this a solid four, which I feel like is my go-to rating when I like a movie we watch, Uh, but I'll stick with it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would watch this movie again. I will. Mm -hmm. That's why I own it on Blu-ray. If they come out with like a whatever anniversary edition of this movie with some cool special features and maybe an Arnold commentary, I would buy that shit immediately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I would too. Right? Yeah, Yeah, that's... Like, I want a commentary track now.
1: (laughs) Like, bring back the kid who played Danny. I don't know what he's doing now. But, like, have him... He's still acting, I think. Is he? All right. Mm. I'll believe you. Um, But, like, have that kid and Arnold... Do a commentary track talking about this movie, <laughs> yeah. and because like this at this point, the studio doesn't care if they like talk shit about it. Like, just let them do it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a, a whole different
0: group of people now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, four out of five Possessed mushroom puppets.
0: Excellent, Tuna. Um, what okay. is your rating system, and uh, what do you rate this?
1: Man, i I'm, I'm bad at coming up
3: with a rating systems. I think most of so, us are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so my rating system is. Uh, what kind of food it reminds me of. Oh. And this one is a piece of plain white toast served at room temperature. Because there's a lot of potential there. You've got so much potential. You can do so much with that baby, sweet baby toast. You can put jelly on it. You can put cinnamon on it. You could do all kinds of things with this toast. You could make a sandwich with another piece of toast.
1: (laughs) But you don't. It just sits there on the counter, and it's sad. So you toasted it, and then you've left it on a counter until it reached room temperature. Yeah. And then you served it to and someone. And then, then it is served,
3: yeah.
0: Oh. You made someone pay for it. Yeah. Right. And you were like, here's your toast. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten toast like and, that at, like, breakfast and stuff. Yeah. Like,
2: and you had all the ingredients there, which makes it worse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, no, I we, mean, we have jam. Right. You have avocado back there. I see it. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't get any avocado.
3: <laughs> so many things could make. We it We have sourdough. But...
1: We gave you Wonder Bread.
0: Yep.
3: <laughs> right.
1: I like that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's no, because cool. that's that. I think the food. Set, like, I wasn't sure if you were going to say it's a banana, and they have to explain that. But like room temperature toast. That's a good. That's yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's an works. image. Yeah. Excellent, Bill.
0: You and I talked about your rating system, and I love it. Ooh. What they, is it? Well, so I watch.
2: All the movies that are in our house, you know, I end up watching with my wife. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're at that. St- well, we've always been at that stage where we make each other watch. Oh, this is a movie I liked as a kid or this is a movie I liked as a kid. Right. But usually when it's my turn to play a movie, I get this look. <laughs> uh, she doesn't necessarily give it to me, but she'll sort of put her eyes up and go. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> with her, with her eyes. I love you, honey. Uh, so this might be the first and last uh, use of this review system, which is the uh, how many times my wife gave the WTF face, and this is on a scale of zero to infinite. Infinite being, I turn off the movie. All right. <laughs> Uh, she only gave me the
1: look. Her eyes are
2: exhausted by the end of it. <laughs> she rolling will sustain so much. it yeah. until I realize you hate this. <laughs> I have to turn this off. That most recently <laughs> happened to the movie bright, by the way. Hmm. Uh, not a shock. No, I had that happen not too long ago with
1: Wayne's world and yeah. my girlfriend. Yeah. Doesn't hold up. Nope.
2: Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I only got four looks from my beloved wife. Uh, the thing is though, uh, she went to bed. <laughs> oh. so, uh, I don't know does
0: that last one count as infinity
3: no uh, well, I didn't turn, turn it off. off
2: it does no so, oh you didn't turn it off it didn't turn off I kept watching it so it's a four looks out of a pof, possible infinite which is not that bad actually pretty good
0: <laughs> that's alright okay four looks in a sleep
2: Coral looks in the nap. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Bill, I'd like to start with you with a recommendation for Real Good. Real Good is where we try uh-huh. to give you something to watch. If you didn't like this mm. uh, or you liked the idea but wanted to see something that did it better, maybe. Uh, um, Bill, what is your Real Good for this week? So I've got two possible Real Goods because the first one I want to say, but I realize,
2: you know, news has come out about it recently. Yeah, I'm the same one I almost recommended. True
0: Lies. Oh, different one. Maybe. Where
2: it was, you know. Oh,
0: with Eliza. Yeah, uh, Dish yeah, 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 yeah. It,
2: it it's still cinematically it's it's a well done movie. It's James Cameron and Schwarzenegger, you know, turning the parody or just turning the genre on its head. Yeah, it's well executed. Uh, unfortunately, some things came to light. So well, we can. It. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing here, and people yeah. should know about this. It was a stunt coordinator. It was
2: a stunt coordinator who was
0: apparently a perv who, Yeah, yeah. Um, this, as far as I know, there's nothing has come out that. Yeah, Cameron has defended him in any way or anything no, like that. Well,
2: Schwarzenegger, right out the gate, you know, supported Eliza Elisha Dushku. Okay, which is great to
0: hear. But yeah, just I think now in 2018, you should know that if you want to go into another Schwarzenegger movie, I think Eliza is, is really wonderful in it. She's uh, great. She's in wonderful it. in everything she does. Yeah. Even even in the movies that don't deserve her. Mm-hmm. Like wrong turn, Bob. Strike back.
1: Hey, yep. I like that movie. Do you? I've watched it recently. No. There you go. Okay, I haven't watched it since it came out. Hey, so yeah. you haven't seen it in 17 years.
0: I may not have. <laughs> I, I I watched it when it came to DVD immediately yeah. after its theatrical run, and I thought it was a hoot. Yeah, yeah. Theatrical run. Um. <laughs> but uh. But yeah. True Lies. I can see that.
3: Um, Tuna. Okay. What is your real good? I mean, I don't know. I thought about this one just because it's such like it's the obvious choice cuz it does all the things right hot fuzz
0: oh that was i came up with 4 and that was one of them yeah, yeah. see i came up with 4 I, because yeah. i
3: knew somebody was going to pick that one because it's <laughs> it's exactly what this movie is not it's yeah. like it it's it does everything last action hero tries to accomplish Mm -hmm. but succeeds where it's it's a love letter to the genre yes that also makes fun of like the weird quirks of the genre Mm -hmm. and manages to be an excellent example of the genre and And it's its own film yeah like
0: those characters survive as their own characters they're Mm -hmm. not just parodies like right yeah it's my favorite of the cornetto trilogy
3: yeah I, i me too actually yeah yeah. So, I mean, that's,
1: that's... I always
0: think that's sacrilege because like, there's no Shaun of the Dead. And I'm like, I like Shaun of the Dead. It's fine. I like them all.
1: Right. It's really good, but I, I do think Hot Fuzz is more rewatchable. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, And yeah. that's
0: the thing. like when you watch it a couple times, all of a sudden you're like, I fucking love this movie. Because it right. takes a
1: lot of like what's funny about Shaun of the Dead and those characters and those people and just like... Amps it up mm-hmm. more, and like yeah. they get they get more into their groove. Yeah,
3: and it's yeah, it's a refinement of that technique. Like that same like, well, let's make a love letter parody that's actually a good example of mm-hmm. it. Yes, and it's like Shaun of the Dead, like good example of that. Yeah. And then, but by doing that, I think they were better able to nail that down for yeah. Hot Fuzz. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: I agree with that. Absolutely, good. they'd figured it out a bit yeah. after doing their series, <laughs> then Shaun of the Dead, then they got to Hot Fuzz. All right.
1: Matt, what's your real good? Um, so my real good is a film that I also feel like does the meta thing really well and in such a way that your brain is kind of trying to figure out exactly what is the movie and what is the real life kind of thing. And that is adaptation. Yeah, that's on my list too. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good so, one. i have forgotten about adaptation. <laughs> I love adaptations so, good. so yeah. much. And it's probably like the only Nicolas Cage movie that won't be on this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because it's so good, and he's so good in it, in a way that you didn't know Nicolas Cage could be good yeah, he's very in things. Um, yeah. And yeah, go watch the adaptation if you haven't seen it. It's got Meryl Streep and Nicolas Cage. What more do you need? <laughs> it's, it's so good. Right. Oh, And it has Nicolas Cage again. Yeah. yeah. a Cage role. playing his own twin.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. My real good, I, I had so many... To choose from, I'm gonna list them real quick. Yeah. So I'm just gonna give you guys three options if mm. you wanna go see them. So the first is a film called Cloak and Dagger. Uh, this film came out in the 80s, and if you wanna see a movie about a kid who all of a sudden finds himself entangled in r- real world events mm-hmm. um, that he kind of always dreamed about doing, and then these real world events get very dark and scary very quickly, Cloak and Dagger is your film. I recently mm. rewatched it on Amazon. And I was surprised at how well it held up in terms of, like, good storytelling. It's very 80s. Um, <laughs> and it's not a—it's not anything I'm going to say is a great film, but I do think it's a very good, interesting film. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. If you want to see something like that, but maybe f- more fun and goofy, I would say the Jonathan Brandes film Sidekicks, where he is obsessed with Chuck Norris. and uh, it is again not a great movie it has all kinds of problems but it does have one of the greatest performances of all time by Joe Piscopo (laughs) as a just off his nut um, karate instructor and then finally if you really want to see a genre turned on its head uh, I would say go check out Deadpool I feel like Deadpool is what we were building to with Last Action Hero and Last Action Hero was afraid to do what Deadpool did. And I don't blame him because, like, mm-hmm. it, doing what Deadpool did, that took some special kind of, like, we're going to go for it. <laughs> and they really went for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it became, you know, it, it, again, that was like, I think, a $50 million film. Deadpool. It's pretty low budget. It was pretty low budget.
1: They very charmingly call out to in the movie, like, "Oh, we Mm -hmm. could only afford two X Men." Yeah, (laughs) exactly, like
0: that. And but I think that works. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And
1: is like, I don't know that Deadpool is ever a movie that I'll want to watch ever again. Mm -hmm. But like the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it, and I do appreciate. I appreciate all the times, <laughs> right. like, the meta stuff in it, the calling out jokes. Like, I think it works. I think it just works for me personally once.
0: I agree. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. I rented yeah. it and was like, I'm glad I didn't buy that because I'm probably never going to watch it again. Yeah. But, like, mm. I have nothing negative to say about it. No. Like, it's yeah. – it's,
3: it's a... One, even for me, like, I'm not into the superhero movies, which I don't pipe up very often about because – I feel like literally everybody else in the office is so I always feel like I'm missing out but even going to see Deadpool and like I'm sure there might have been jokes that I didn't pick up on but like just knowing a bunch of people who love and talk about superhero Mm -hmm. movies it was like oh okay this is like still like a really fun movie to watch Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Absolutely. So there are three ideas for you that Mm -hmm. I think are all better than Last Action Hero. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel bad saying that because I really enjoyed this movie when I was younger and
1: Mm -hmm. now I just struggled. Ooh, watch Community too. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've been trying to figure out how to work Community into this. Well, because you mentioned Dan Harmon earlier when we were talking about the one joke and if we're talking about like meta comedy, like Community is one that does it like repeatedly in a way that it's just so well done. (laughs) And also like... Action movie parodies. I was and gonna so many put one in. of the paintball episodes as oh. yes. my like real good. And
3: then I was like, I don't know if I I think feel like that's outside. I, the can rules. Totally fair. I think if you if you are listening
0: to this and you haven't seen you don't need to see the whole series, no, you three. can watch those three episodes. There are the season finale of season one and then a two part season finale of season two. They are incredible. They're also how um, the brothers Got the job to the work Russo. on Captain America. The Russo brothers got yeah. the got the job to do Winter
1: Soldier, and then Civil War was mm-hmm. based on their work <laughs> there. Yeah, it's really nice. weird that like the composer of Community now also did the score for Black Panther. Oh yeah, yeah. like <laughs> the people that came out of that movie and where they're working now are that show, and where they're working now is like a very weird world. The guy who yeah. wrote
2: the Starburns memorial song makes music trial just Gambino.
1: Yeah, yep. Uh, but
2: I was going to go back to one Community episode and. What community's like kind of gift was was paying homage to something about killing it, yes, or being rude mm-hmm. to it. And I think about right. the Abed's uncontrollable Christmas special, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where it's it's making fun of this you know this old fifty style stop motion animation, but it was it's like a love letter. It though. was being so good to it too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing with Hot Fuzz. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. Like Hot Fuzz is. It, it is parodying it, but it is
1: also paying homage, and it is also being respectful yes. of it. Well, it's that really thing of, like, we love this thing, mm-hmm. but we have to acknowledge some of the ridiculous things that exist. Yeah. Right. It. Well, we also love the ridiculousness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, we love yeah.
0: that this existed, yeah. and it's all of its But if we tried
1: to ignore them and, like, not point them out, mm-hmm. people would call us out for that. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, think- putting it on Front Street.
3: Oh yeah. And community like I feel like all of Community's parody episodes are like that. The Ken Burns one yep. and yeah. the Law and Order ones and like I can't even remember. Well there's the Hibbles. I mean one
0: I think one of their first stabs at that was their Halloween yeah. one where it turns into the zombie one. The zombie one yep. where right. it's just like was it food poisoning I think or mm. something yeah. something like that? that yeah. Government grade taco yeah, meat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like that stuff they're so good at because it's funny because they're poking fun on it but They're also like the characters are taking it super seriously. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that like Danny Madigan in this film kept pissing me off because he's like in the movie, not really taking it seriously. And I'm like, you could be having so much fun in this movie. And he can figure out how
1: to use the movie tropes to his advantage instead of just pointing them out the whole time. (laughs) And that's,
0: I think, one of the reasons I hated him was he's kind of like, that's going to happen. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing with that as a character? Figure something out.
3: It's that telling and not showing. Yes. Like, have him take action based on this knowledge rather than just, like, a last action. (laughs) Because what the hell does this title really mean? (laughs) Anyone?
0: Nothing. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway. uh, Thank you, Bill (laughs) and Tuna for coming on my little podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for podcasting with me again. Um, Bill and Tuna, where can people find you? What shows would you like to shout out?
2: Uh, I'm working on SciShow Kids, so if you are a fan of things like Last Action Hero and people will talk about them and wonder, wonder what this guy also does for, you know, kids <laughs> in an 8-year-old to 10-year-old range, SciShow Kids. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. Tuna? Nice.
3: Yeah, I guess if you want to see my family-friendly stuff, SciShow and SciShow Psych <laughs> are good. <laughs> And if you want, like, a weird <laughs> anarcho-punk band, then you can find me at SovietFourthGrader.com. Definitely check it out. Yeah, we're about to come out with a new album, so. And what is that album called? It's called Atlas Sharded. Yes, it is. <laughs> 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 so I think is
0: perfect.
1: <laughs> Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the internet, at Matthew Gatos, on Twitter mostly. I don't really do much else outside of uh, that with my face on the internet (laughs) Um, uh, it's a long way to get there but okay (laughs) yeah I didn't know where I was really going but we got there in the end Uh, since you guys mentioned it I also produce uh, some video web series YouTube show things Uh, Sexplanations Nature League The Financial Diet and Animal Wonders indeed Uh, I'm Nick
0: Jenkins. You can find me on at NG Jenkins on 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 Twitter. Good lord. I'm very (laughs) tired. You're still on Tumblr? (laughs) Uh, No, I actually haven't looked at Tumblr in a long time. Uh, At NG Jenkins on Twitter. Good lord. I need dinner. (laughs) And uh, but uh, find us uh, find the whole podcast at Real Bad Pod on Twitter, and then of course uh, please rate and v- review us on iTunes. That really helps with the algorithm. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about a movie that I am very interested in the conversation on because. It has like an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I cannot figure out why. So it's possible that the rest of the team is going to look at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Doing that right now. Which is uh, fascinating. So um, please join us for that. Real Bad is a part of the Cage Club Network. You can head over to cageclub.me to check out all of their other podcasts, like The Contenders, uh, with uh, Tobin Addington, who is a regular on our podcast here on Real Bad, and his sister, Islan Addington, where they talk about women in positions of power in front of and behind the camera. So I totally think that's an awesome podcast. Also I was on it. So <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much it. Uh, get ready for next week and until then, this has been Real Bad.